Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Out of the Gray. Today, we are so lucky to have with us physicist extraordinaire Neil Sethi. Dr. Sethi, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you, Tracy. Uh, it's such a delight to join you. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself to the uh, audience who is uh, watching this or listening to this. My name is Anil Seth, Professor of Medical Physics, as well as Director of Medical Physics Residency Program at the Loyola University Medical Center in Maywood, Illinois. And uh, my main research interests are in the fields of MR-guided radiation therapy, therapy and stereotactic body radiotherapy. I have also been involved in a number of uh, courses for different organizations such as ASTRO, WPM, etc. And probably the most fun part of my career has been mentoring research students who have received uh, fellowships at Loyola as well as uh, WPM fellowships and IAEA training fellowships. And they bring so much joy and uh, fun to work. And uh, I'm also uh, the award, which is very special, is actually behind me. And uh, that's something that medical residents gave me as part of my teaching efforts at uh, Loyola. Now, with that, I'll stop and uh, let Tracy take over. Oh, my gosh. Teacher of the Year, congratulations. Thank you. How cool is that? Wow, what fun. Oh, my goodness. That is probably my most special award, and I, I really value it above everything else. Oh, my goodness. How precious. That's, that's amazing. What a fantastic award to receive, and I absolutely 110% earned. I know I've you in the past and have learned so much each time. So awesome. Fantastic. Well, we will kick this off the same way we typically do here on Out of the Gray. And I will have you, if you don't mind sharing with us, with myself and our listeners, a little bit about how you found your way into radiation radiation physics. Well, that's really good. Uh, uh, that is something that I, I enjoy sharing with my uh, friends and uh, students. So I'm happy to share that with you. So since childhood, I've been interested in math and above all, uh, probably physics, because that's my first love. And then I was also very fortunate that I had a supportive family that put education above everything else. And I was very fortunate also to have great teachers throughout my I was initially drawn towards engineering of all fields because a family member in our uh, family was uh, an engineer. And as soon as I got into that field, I got into the program. I just loved that. I loved uh, being a physics student. My passion for math also was very helpful in that. So one thing led to another. Following my undergraduate degree in physics, I decided to come to U.S. to do a Ph.D. in physics. And I was very fortunate that I was accepted into the program at the University of Georgia. I did nuclear physics research. I had a great mentor, a teacher that was just passionate about nuclear physics. And uh, I went and did experiments at Los Alamos. That followed by uh, a postdoc position in Minnesota Physics Department. And uh, that particular position really opened doors for me. And that's where I am sitting here and talking about medical physics. As luck would have it, I was sitting in my research office at the University of Minnesota. And my office door was And uh, a student who was actually working in the diagnostic radiology department of doing MRI research at the university happened to pass by and my door was open and she introduced herself. And in fact, she field of medical physics, radiation therapy to be specific. And she also asked me to go visit the Department of Radiation Oncology. And uh, as luck would have it, 
I met the world famous medical physicist by the name of Dr. Faiz Khan and uh, his ex was there. And uh, that was probably the greatest blessing, greatest gift. So you all know Dr. P- uh, Khan has been a pioneer medical physicist in so many areas. And perhaps most importantly, he put forth training program for medical physicists uh, known as Medical Physics Residency Program. He also implemented this program at the University of Minnesota. And uh, Dr. Khan believed that a physicist must be actively involved in of patients, cancer patients. In fact, the physicist should be an important member of the team taking care of the patients. And they should work very closely with the doctors and other team members. And uh, my luck continued. I was accepted. I was the third medical physics resident in their program, and it was a two-year program, and I knew nothing about the field of medical physics. And within two years, this great team of physicists trained me and taught me everything I needed to know about physics. Specifically, I learned how to work independently in the clinic, how to interact with other team members, doctors, dosimetrists, therapists. Most importantly, perhaps, I was taught to always put patients first first and above everything. So in the clinic, I always ask myself the following question. Is it going to improve patient care? If the answer is no, then I'm not interested in spending any time on it. I was very lucky to learn from the very best in our field. And I've been passing on this knowledge to my students. Wow. To say wow is such an understatement, Dr. Khan. That's amazing. Looking back on that, considering how the field has grown and changed, and you're the third person in their in their residency program. Goodness, talk about a pioneer, right? You could not have scripted it any better for me for my career, and uh, it's just the greatest experience. And to this day, I tell my students about the training I received. In fact, uh, started at Loyola a medical physics residency program. For the last five, six years, we've been doing it. And uh, I tell my student residents that, uh, you know, you are going to remember this phase of your life for the rest. And uh, you're going to look back and say, wow, that was the best experience. Because uh, you learned uh, what you needed to know. And uh, you learned to be successful in this field. And above all, you are helping take care of the no wonder you got Teacher of the Year, right? What a fantastic message. And, and to create a residency program there and follow in the steps of, you know, the, the, same, the same path you took to get to where you are today, you know, giving it back and starting. And that's amazing. But most importantly, I think, you know, you, you're saying very kind words, but most importantly, I think I was very lucky and uh, be the right place at the right time. So my advice to newcomers in the field is take every day as a special gift and blessing. And uh, you are entering a remarkable field, amazing field, in a very practical, applied field. And uh, here you see the results of your work every day. Take full advantage of the opportunity that's given to you and uh, learn. Always be learning, curious, excited. So I think you'll do well. Oh, that's an excellent message to the new folks uh, entering into medical physics. You know, your story, 
physicists I've, I've interviewed who also say that medical physics kind of found them. They wound up in the right place at the right time and, and they find this amazing field with all these amazing opportunities. And for new folks coming in, that's an awesome message to keep learning and keep open and you driving forward. That's pretty cool. I like it. Is that the same message? If you could go back and give yourself a message at the beginning of your interest in physics or engineering or wherever you started, if you could go back and give yourself a message from what you know now, what would that I think uh, that would be a good start, uh, what I just said. I still remember, uh, in addition to Dr. Khan, we had some amazing physicists there. One of them, Dr. Uh, Bruce Gerber and Patrick Higgins. And they used to tell me that uh, you're really lucky that you're learning in, a, in this all of the medical physics in a short period of time in a very structured manner. And you're getting intense training. And uh, now I believe it. I believe every word of that. And also how lucky can you get to be learning from the best? There's really no substitute to finding the best mentor and align yourself, find time to spend some time with them, learn from them, work with them. Uh, see how they uh, take care of the patient, how they operate in the clinic. Adapt that as a good practice. Yeah, absolutely. I, mentorship has, I know, played a big role in my life. And I think that's also sound advice. Find someone to uh, mirror, maybe to someone to ask guidance of. I know, you know, in, in practice, you being a teacher, I'm sure you get asked lots of questions every day. And for me, I think the best way to grow and the best way to develop and learn new things is just to continue to ask questions, yeah? Yes, there's, there's, I t- when I teach my students, actually, we have medical residency physics class and I tell them, I said, you have to never be afraid of asking questions. Uh, don't think that other students are going to ask the question you want to ask. You have to ask a question for yourself. They're not going to help you. And uh, it's through asking questions is what we learn the most. I absolutely agree. Yeah, for sure that there's a limitless growth that can happen, especially in a group setting like that. How many medical residents or medical physics residents at any given time? So currently our uh, position is funded for one physics resident. We are uh, working actively to bring in another second resident. In fact, we just finished our uh, interview cycle for uh, the next year's position, which is actually going to start this July. And our current resident has gone through about a year and a half of training. She's got about, you know, a few months left. And I'm very proud and happy to say that she's uh, very close to being an independent medical. Just a year and a half of training. So just imagine another three, four months she's going to be, you know, full-fledged trained. Really brings joy and satisfaction to what we are doing. That's fantastic. So you mentioned you're the fifth or sixth year of your program now. We are in the sixth year. So we have trained so far three residents. This we are on to the third one. And we are going to hire a fourth resident this July. Wow. So when they finish their residency there at Loyola, do they go on to be medical physicists? Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, the very first resident that we trained at Loyola was hired by us as a faculty member. We liked him so much. And then recently he has... Uh, being recruited on the East Coast to start a brand new cancer center from scratch. That's an amazing, amazing opportunity to start something from scratch and to be part of that. Uh, our second resident is doing very, very well in, uh, in a private practice setting. And our current resident, I think, is, you know, we don't know 
she will be headed, but they're all going to do great. They're all doing great. And they all passed the board exam in the first attempt, which really is remarkable. My goodness, that says a lot for the program, the level of instruction. So for the path of a medical physics student, out of just curiosity, as you did with like a, a physics degree, like a bachelor's degree in physics, and then do they apply to the medical physics program to be selected or how does that work? Yeah, so it's a typical uh, course is uh, they are going to have undergraduate degree in science, hopefully in engineering or physics or related field. And then they're going to do a master's, either a master's degree in medical physics or a PhD degree in medical physics. And these programs have accredited. CAMPEP is the uh, overall governing body that uh, accredits these programs, make sure that everybody's following the the minimum standard of uh, curriculum that is needed to to train in our field. So following that, then they apply to residency program after a master's or PhD. And then the residency program is a 24-month program, and we train them in all practical aspects of medical physics, specifically radiation therapy. It's a field. We received close to 100 applications this year, and out of that, uh, only one will be selected at our place because we only have one position. We are hopeful that we will add another one in the coming months or a year, hopefully by next position. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What an opportunity. And that is highly competitive. Goodness gracious. Yes, it really is. And uh, the student applicants are uh, so well-trained and so smart and so much uh, knowledge and enthusiasm and motivation to what they want to do. It's just so exciting and uh, such a delight to see uh, that they are interested in the field and they're going to contribute to this field and make it even better. Gosh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. To be able to watch those things happen and, and learn and grow and change and develop new thoughts and new paths that, you know, that it could potentially be changing for the entire frontier of, of radiation oncology. That's got to be a phenomenal feeling. I do feel that. I think the future is bright. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you there too. Things that are coming down the pike, and we'll talk about that here shortly, are uh, astounding. And to be a part of the gardening process of that, you know, just developing and growing the, the individuals that could potentially play massive roles in, in these changes has to be just... Uh, you said it so well, Tracy. Uh, when I was a student, I thought, uh, you know, learning this field and uh, being in this field was the best thing. And now I'm a mentor as well as I'm teaching uh, other juniors and uh, students. I feel like there's nothing better than uh, teaching and uh, helping train the next generation of physicists because I'm learning from them every day. I mean, why wouldn't I train them? Right. (laughs) Yeah, an opportunity to teach and and be taught. That's a wonderful program there. You've You've got built a wonderful system. That leads into my next question, though. I was going to ask you what your favorite part of your day-to-day is, and I think we've probably already covered it, but you could confirm for me or not. Well, no, I, I, I mean, this is such a delight talking to you, and um, hopefully some of the information that I'm passing on would be helpful to the audience. Um, the most favorite thing for me really is doing whatever it takes to help take care of the patients in the clinic in the best way possible striving, constantly working to improve our protocols, our workflows, our technology. We are always involved in some kind of research project that is aimed to improve patient care. And probably the most satisfying part of my work, as I've said before, is 
physics resident and students. They bring so much enthusiasm, so much joy, creativity, and passion. Plus, they can be great teachers in their own way. You don't recognize that they, the students can be your best teacher. And I've trained so many students over the years in residence in their my professional career. Awesome. You know, that's a very good favorite part of day-to-day to have, right? Just doing the best you can in all aspects is a big goal, a lofty goal, and one that you are obviously succeeding in. So that's amazing. My next question, what's new for you guys there at Loyola? Any, any, um, any fun research going on? Anything new you'd like to share with our listeners? Happy to. So we are involved in, as I said earlier, we are academic institution. So we are involved in a variety of research projects. And the main goal always is at the heart of it to improve patient care. At Loyola Medicine, we have a state-of-the-art linear accelerator, and it's called Vure Meridian, which combines an imaging system with a 6MV. The system uses high-quality soft tissue contrast that is offered by MR imaging to track tumors, as well as stay away from critical structures. And it also allows us to adapt or modify patient basis. And the name of this technology or treatment is MR-guided adaptive radiation therapy. This is a novel treatment paradigm. It's designed to mitigate or compensate for dose impact of medical changes that are taking place in the patient. The anatomical changes are typically caused by respiration, cardiac motion, patient weight change, or organ filling. This type of technology is ideally suited for treatments of tumors, where all kinds of anatomical changes are taking place during treatment or between treatments. And therefore, MR-guided RT is ideally suited for soft tissue imaging of targets and critical structures. So that's our prime where my research is. And that's where many of my students are working. Wow. So adaptive technology. So is this replanning essentially every day if needed? That's right. The uh, system is designed to allow you to on a daily basis. And the workflow is so well integrated within the treatment system that uh, just works itself very well, very user-friendly. And above all, Probably the best part, high-quality MR imaging that allows you to see things that you were not sure you could see before. You didn't even know they existed before. So that kind of uh, knowledge about what's happening in the patient during treatment, the anatomy is changing, and it's changing in very unpredictable ways oftentimes that uh, you need to be able to account for it. And that has allowed us to treat uh, many of these uh, pancreas cancer patients with great follow-ups. And we have had this technology for about two and a half years, and we have been uh, adapting uh, for close to two years now. And um, we have uh, done a few research projects in this area. And uh, otherworldly, you know, you think about when my career started in radiation oncology, right, about fifteen years ago. Adaptive technologies, I mean, that was a pipe dream. But now to see a re, you know, research teams opening up the possibilities and making these adjustments to cancer is something that is treatable. Absolutely. This is designed just for that. And uh, what a blessing it is for those patients that we are able to treat them and treat them well and with success. 
I think this MR-guided radiation therapy has a very promising future in our field. Goodness, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. I haven't uh, had the pleasure of working with an MR machine to date, but uh, maybe sometime in the future, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's fun. I, uh, You're welcome to visit us anytime. Ooh, I'll take you up on that. I'll come watch <laughs> and hang out and uh, you know sit in the clinic for a little while. I miss those yes, days. Yes. It's been a while. I'd love to. Love to. Oh, thank you. I will take you up on that for sure. So all of these exciting and um, in your clinic, you know, I was going to uh, ask you next, what, um, what's the most exciting piece of technology you, you see coming or being developed now? But it sounds like you guys might have that technology. So uh, really exciting field. You know, there have been so many interesting things that have taken place in the last 25, 30 years. And, uh, beginning with the uh, advent of IMRT, which allow, allowed us to shape dose around the target while sparing critical structure. This also led to the concept of dose painting of the targets. With the high-speed MLCs, then came the option to follow the motion of the target and treat with gating and tracking. And this was followed by a very important discovery, guided radiation therapy, which had allowed us to see and treat the target during treatments. Of course, this opened the door for SBRT, which had allowed us to give large radiation dose in fewer fractions. In the last 10 years or so, we've seen the emergence of protons that are able to treat better spare normal tissues from the exit radiation dose. And this is extremely beneficial for certain types of tumors and, of course, in pediatric patients. In the last five years, we've witnessed the emergence of MR-guided radiation therapy, which I just spoke about. Researchers are now aiming to develop artificial intelligence tools to improve patient care. Some of the novel tools are designed to adjust treatment plans using treatment geometry, such as beams, monitor units, and patient anatomy as is changing to calculate those delivered and then correct for it or adapt your treatments while the patient is on the table. So it's a feedback loop. It's an active loop while the patient is being treated. Of course, this requires sophisticated AI, artificial intelligence tools that are capable of rapid auto-segmentation, auto-planning. There's also going to be a greater need for QA of these tools. You want to make sure that these tools work well and work safely. So there's a lot of exciting things going on, and the newcomers in this field have so much rich material that they can be associated terms of research. My goodness. Yeah, that's quite a lot. You know, we hear talks about AI and I think for the general population, AI is more, you know, like iRobot, right? Like the Will Smith movie, or you think about the drones that are going to be delivered. But to put AI in a context of medical physics and healthcare, right? That is, the possibilities seem endless there. How do you how do you think that's going to treat the field? Think it's going to be a pro or a con? Field has been driven by innovations or uh, improvements in technology, and I I don't see that's going to change anytime soon. And someone who is uh, passionate about engineering, physics, math, they're going to enjoy this field. And of course, you have to be passionate and working with the physicians in taking care of these patients. What could be better than uh, helping improve the healthcare, the overall 
patients. There's nothing better than that. Nothing, absolutely nothing. All pros there. That's amazing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I felt the, the same way from my own experiences in the clinic. You know, you get to see the patients every day and walk with them through some of the most experiences of their life and be a part of helping abate fears and comfort and offer hope. And I think that's a lot of, you know, what you're saying, working with the patients and doing the best we can to that their experience and, and their outlook and their outcome is as positive as possible. Totally agree with you, Tracy. You said it so well. Well, thank you. Patient care, it's uh, definitely a part of what even started driving the opportunity to get inside the heads of the members of our community and and get a chance to really see the heartbeat of radiation oncology. It's not, uh, I don't, for me, it's not just a career field. It's a life. Yes, that's how I feel too. I really do feel. And I think in the next few years, and then, you know, looking, of course, you can never be certain things change. And, you know, we are only looking at it from our perspective as we sit here. I think artificial intelligence, which is AI, and superior imaging, which is SI. So AI and SI are going to drive our field into the future. Absolutely. I love all the acronyms we use, too. We have so many of them. Yes. We could write books. Here's your, totally. here's your acronym handbook. Enjoy. Totally. That brings me to my next segue. When I was in the third grade, Dr. Sethi, my teacher, Mrs. Robinson, she promised me that by the year 20... She said she either said 2000 or 2020, but she promised me we would. Now she's not far off, right? Because we do have some prototypes out there that are making ways on, on things like TikTok. But I am curious for radiation oncology, what is your flying car? What do you see out there as the flying car of our field? Some of the things I just, uh, just mentioned that, uh, you know, I think if we can improve some of our tools that we are working on, such as AI. And if we can integrate imaging into a superior quality imaging into day-to-day work, I think it's going to really, really, really help improve the, the work we do. And I think uh, most importantly, never, I think above everything else, never be afraid of change, you know, embrace change, learn, and be passionate. I think you can do wonders if you just are motivated and passionate to learn. And it's really hard to predict what the future of the field is going to look like, but I have a feeling that it's going to be an exciting future. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think just in witnessing how far we've come since, you know, the late nineties or the eighties, you know, oh my goodness, things are so different, right? When I was in school that we had a whole lesson on how to pour blood. Yes. Right. And yes. we would go into clinics and pour blocks and lift those heavy trays. And I remember that. But now that's long gone. Right. Yes. Yes. For the most part, there are a few here and there. But yeah, I, I still remember. Uh, it's very interesting. And I, I often give this anecdote example. Just when IMRT was coming along, I was giving a talk on IMRT, a local chapter meeting. And a physicist stood up and asked me, do we need to learn IMRT? Something only, you know, for high-flying academic centers. And now I look back, you know, so change is happening every day and you just need to look and uh, be part of it. And you're going to do very well. 
very smart people coming into the field uh, based on the applications that we get for our residency program. And uh, they're so motivated. They want to learn. And they're just looking for opportunity. And it's our job to give those kind of opportunities that they're going to push themselves forward and contribute to the field in years to come. Shaping those minds to oh God, yeah, to grow and continue reaching out and finding new information. I know WAPM and Astro, various uh, organizations and groups, Acro that, that continue to offer courses. And you know, you guys have CEs. I think they're probably called something else. <laughs> CEMs, oh, yeah, CE credits, yeah, yeah, and a, an attempt to you know to push growth is is what's going to drive us forward. Ultimately, I agree with you completely on that one. For sure. And I'm glad you mentioned the, um, the Astro, WAPM, RSNA, and they're doing a tremendous job of educating. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I know last year we missed out on our Congress meetings. Yeah. You, you have to associate yourself with, uh, with those or be active part of them, those groups and, uh, join some of the and, uh, that way you're going to learn from others as well as you're going to contribute to our field. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Those committees, you know, um, how does one, for those that may or may not know or the newer f- people coming into the field, how would one become involved with WAPM or an RSNA committee? That's a great question. So fortunately, WAPM, for example, has a list of open positions that are available in the different committees. So um, once you become a member, not a member, please do become a member, student member, if you are a trainee. And then uh, look for those uh, ads that are placed uh, regularly. And if you don't know where to look, just call up WAPM uh, headquarters office. Um, I need help. Or call one of the local physicists. They'll be happy to guide you. Or email. Don't be afraid to uh, ask for help when you need one. That's wise. I think that's wise advice. Sound advice for sure. Ask for help. Reach out. Pick up that phone and give the double. Yes. How can I help? How can I serve? Right? Yes. Yes. That's fantastic advice. I love that. That's fantastic. So that kind of leads into our our next question, which is advice for newly minted medical physicists who are entering maybe potentially as opening up a brand new clinic or uh, other ventures in their career. What piece of advice would you offer outside of those two things to someone who's either looking into getting into radiation physics or maybe just now taking the first? So I think uh, our field is in need of uh, people who are passionate in physics, science, anything related to physics, engineering, those kind of things. So if you have those two computers, if you have all of those good tools with you, you're in a good position. Number one thing I would uh, advise to a newcomer is find a good mentor. That is going to help you in so many different Find a good mentor. They'll guide you. They'll teach you. They'll train you. And they'll tell you what's good, what's needed, and what's a good research topic. You're going to learn so much from them. Number two, work hard. Do your best and be if you follow these three principles, you're going to be successful. And lastly, always be open to learning. Be curious and be open to learning. Wow. Yeah. I like that. I, I had recently um, had a discussion with 
too, was entertaining the idea of um, they were a late entry to the field. So not directly out of college. It was kind of a second career for them. Do you think these same principles would apply, obviously, to a latecomer? But what other piece of advice someone who's looking to make medical physics their second career? That's a great question because we get asked that question repeatedly because oftentimes, uh, you know, it's, as you know, it's a very competitive field. And many times, uh, time matching into the residency program. And then they write to us, call us. I get uh, several phone calls and emails every year. What do I do? And my advice to, uh, to you uh, who is looking for a position and to match is that you got to find a way. First of all, do not take no for an answer. Because if there's something you want to do, you have to be very, very motivated passionate and uh, find a way to a physicist in the clinic, shadow them, learn from them. Even if it's a research project that you want to do, that will often open doors for you to learn the clinical day-to-day protocols and workflows. And then will also become your good mentors that you need to guide you further. And who knows, there may be a position that will come vacant in their program and you will be at the top of the list then to be hired there. So if you really want to be in, you have to do everything you can to learn as much as about you can over this field and contribute to the field. Work on a project with your mentor. Write a paper on the topic. And that's going to boost your credentials. That's going to boost. And uh, you'll soon be a very valued member of their team or somewhere else. In fact, I remember uh, many of my students, they just approached me. They said, I want to ask you a few questions. And one thing led to another, and they started working with me on a, one of the other research projects. And, and, um, and they're still with me. That's a lifelong uh, relationship. Your students are part of your life, professional life. And I enjoyed so much working with them. You know, and that brings us full circle because we we started out this conversation talking about the importance of asking questions. And here, the answer to what could, you know, to a difficult question is just continue to ask questions. Continue That's amazing. Ask. Yeah. What a phenomenal way to live, a way to be, a way to work, a way to grow. And that's awesome. Thank you. I love that. And uh, I could tell you really enjoy working with your students. I could tell those questions are, you know, the snacks of the day. Make it interesting. Oh, yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. You know, it's always fun watching physics teams do their day-to-day. You know, there are there are the things that, you know, the chart checks and the mundane things, right? The things that aren't as fun. When you see those research projects kick off and you see everybody get excited and the clinic closes and then here comes the big cart full of research equipment, you know, the, that's, for me, that was one of the more exciting times in the clinic apart from patient care and handling as a therapist, watching the physics teams get excited about their research. That's a lot of fun. Well, you know, that brings me to another uh, very uh, important uh, message that I like to give to the newcomers, which is there is never a dull moment. They work every day is so exciting and a joy. So if you enter this field or you're thinking about entering this field, you're in for a joyful ride. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. You're, you're spot on there. Nothing's the same, right? Every day presents new 
provides new goals and new aspirations by sundown. I love it. That's I absolutely uh, adored working in the clinic, and you know, it really, it really never did get boring. You're saying it so well, Tracy. You're just bringing memories for me. Well, good, right? Yes. <laughs> good. Uh, I I just loved it so much, and I and I think that's kind of the glue of our community. We all have a passion for what we do, and that is what makes it so cool and so much fun and such an inspiration. And uh, and talk about you know everybody loves talking about it. Well, that's amazing. So we've chatted about a ton of things so far, but I I am curious. We've chatted about what your message would be for. Newcomers to the field for people are looking to make radiation physics their second career. What would be your message or question to the more seasoned community? I think, uh, you know, the, based on our conversation so far, you can tell that I enjoy and teaching. So, my advice to the seasoned members would also be do not miss an opportunity to train, mentor, and guide students and junior members. Involve them in your projects. Involve them in your research. Teach them. In fact, you'll get back multiple times what you give. And uh, you are not only helping train the next generation of physicists, but also making your professional career rewarding and enriching. So build it forward, right? Pay it back and build it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Goodness gracious. And I appreciate that message so much because I know there are folks out there who want so badly to find a mentor and it's, you know, maybe they're having a struggle finding a right match or finding, um, you know, finding someone who physicists are busy people, you know, so, so that message to your fellow physicists to kind of lend your brain, <laughs> uh, kind of grow yourself that way too is much appreciated. So. Um- some uh, volunteer teaching, which I should have mentioned early on in my intro, and uh, I do math teaching as a volunteer. As a volunteer, so one of the one of my mentors who was who got me into this had a very nice saying, and uh, I would like to share that just based on some of the things we've been talking about. He said, "When you share money, you divide it." But when you share knowledge, you must. So sharing knowledge is really going to benefit you in multiple ways. I'm going to write that one down and keep it. That's awesome. That's such a good mantra for life, truthfully, because it's so absolutely accurate. You know, you share money, you share knowledge, you multiply. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Dr. Sethi, it has been such a pleasure such an honor to have you on this show. I, I am so grateful that you took some time out of your day to come and chat with me and, and uh, let our get to know you a little bit better. Thank you, Tracy. It's been a joy and a pleasure. And uh, thank you very much. Oh my goodness, thank you. The pleasure is all mine, assuredly. Folks, thank you again so much for listening to another episode of Out of the Gray. Special guest, Dr. Anil Sethi. Uh, we're so honored and grateful to have had his company here today while we chatted. It continued traveling the globe, looking for the best and brightest in radiation oncology, radiation physics. Please do click that subscribe button if you haven't you to join us on this journey as we uh, chat with folks and learn more about each other and how this community ticks. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great day.